It felt appropriate given, well, a lot of things that we talk about grief and loss today. Welcome to the Anxious Therapist Podcast. My name is Jacqueline and I am your host. I am a licensed mental health therapist, online anxiety coach, and I have anxiety and depression. I am here to bring you raw, real, relatable content to remind you we are never alone. And today's episode is no different. Whether this has been an amazing year for you or a really challenging one, Whether you've experienced significant loss this year or you've been very blessed, I feel we can't let this year go any further without addressing grief and loss. Are you ready? Let's do this. I know we've talked about it before and we've recently talked about it in relation to the pandemic and even the election, but today is different. I never, okay, maybe since my first two podcast episodes, never have notes in front of me. I just spew. And sometimes that doesn't work out well for us, but we make do because sometimes I get a little sidetracked. (laughs) But today I have a full page of notes because I lean into all of you on social media when I need to know exactly what you're needing from me. So I simply posed a question saying, hey, we're going to talk about grief and loss on the podcast. Where do you struggle when it comes to that area, that topic? And the answers, you know, the DMs, the responses to the question on my Instagram story poll have me just blown away. It's very humbling the position I'm in, not only as a therapist, but just as someone in the online space who is trusted, who people can be safe and vulnerable with. When you guys open up and share these things that you're struggling with, when I ask a question like that, it is so humbling because I remember that although we're walking the same planet, right, we're all existing at the same time, and we're going about our lives. I sometimes, and especially since, you know, this lockdown and rarely leaving my house, have forgotten what's going on outside of my bubble. And hearing that you're having all of these struggles is humbling. So first of all, I just want to say thank you. I also saw that quote yesterday on social media that said, if we all threw our problems into a pile and we could see everyone else's, we would always grab our own back, right? And that may not be true for everybody, but I'm promising you it's true for a lot of people. So today I just want to start by saying thank you for sharing with me so that I may speak on the struggles that you're having. I'm not calling anybody out by name today. We're just doing this anonymously, but I hope that I touch on your struggles and what you shared with me and you find this episode helpful. Okay, let's do it. If I had to guess in in prompting people to say, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say grief and loss? The word would probably be death. Okay, most people associate this topic to 
death or dying or, you know, that kind of loss. Okay. We are talking about not only loss of physical life today. We're also talking about grieving the life we thought we would have versus the one that we do and everything in between. Okay. So it's not just death when we're talking about this. So if you're about to exit the episode because you think that's what it's going to be, stick around. So the first thing I want to really touch on is just because we're close to the holidays, it feels appropriate to kind of start with this. And someone said, quote unquote, I feel like I'm supposed to be joyful at the holidays and happy. And that feels like the opposite of loss and grieving. Because there are people who are supposed to be here who aren't. Right? And I have seen, and you know, I don't know if it's because I'm working from home and I spend more time on social media or what, but I have seen more loss of life this year, not just from COVID, right? I haven't known anyone who has passed away from that in particularly, thankfully. Um, But the amount of lives that have passed on this year in my life alone has been overwhelming. And now we're coming up on this time where there's lights and and there's, you know, mall Santas and are they doing that this year? I don't know. And, you know, Christmas movies and there's good food and there's people trying to get together and presents and all that stuff that's supposed to make us feel good. But it just hits different now. And maybe you've been dealing with that for a while or maybe this is your first Christmas season without someone you love, right? There's always those firsts in loss. And you think about it, you know, your first Christmas as a single person, your first Christmas as um, someone living in a new state away from friends and family, your first Christmas without someone you care about, the firsts can always be really challenging there's this expectation that, well, it's Christmas. And I, I'm saying Christmas, but whatever holiday you, you know, uh, celebrate or if you don't celebrate at all, you know, it's first birthdays, it's first New Year, it's first whatever, okay? It's your wedding, it's your first, you know, big life milestones. There's this expectation that it's supposed to be happy and joyful, And you're trying to abide by that because that feels like an unwritten rule. When in all reality, you're wishing you could just blink and it would be over. And that day would have come and gone and, you know, you can gear up for next year. I want to challenge you, as always, to rewrite that narrative Alter the expectation. Things are allowed to look different than they once have. You're allowed to create your own rules. You don't have to pretend and fake it. God, I I don't want you to. Not even a little bit. I think our world is in a lot of turmoil and pain and suffering Because we feel like 
we have to fake it. Like vulnerability, realness aren't an option. Like telling your loved ones, I'm not engaging in holiday cheer this year. You know, I'm not going to do a tree. I'm not going to, you know, um, buy all the gifts. I'll hope to see you, but I can't, I'm not going to do the rest of it would be the worst thing ever. Like you could never, right. I'm talking to various coaching clients of mine who are trying to set boundaries around the holidays, especially given it's a pandemic and, you know, maybe their family members don't take things as seriously as they do, or they have different beliefs on it. And, you know, they're trying to set those boundaries of, I just can't do it this year. And then we get the guilt trips and people have their expectations of how we should behave. And so I want you to challenge not only other people's expectations of how this holiday season should look, but your own, okay? What do you need this holiday season? Do you need the joy that comes with, you know, giving gifts and receiving gifts and making all the food and spending time with loved ones? Or do you need maybe a little bit more low-key season this year? Challenge those expectations of what it quote-unquote should look like and ask yourself, what do I need it to look like this year? What's going to bring me peace and contentment? Okay, and speaking of, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the loss of you know, I feel like I should know how to handle it at this point. Because as we're talking about holidays, like it, it can't help but kind of segue into anniversaries of loss. Their birthday. Their death date. The time they got hospitalized. Whatever it might be. There's a really amazing book called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's a well-known trauma therapist, doctor, researcher, he does it all, speaking about his experience since the 70s working with trauma and how our body remembers things. And so when an anniversary comes around, when that person's birthday comes around, when, you know, it might be your trauma anniversary, right? The day something awful happened to you, you remember, your body remembers that stored up stress response that occurred is still within you if it hasn't been processed yet. And most of us go our whole lives without processing it, if I'm being honest. But your body remembers. And so it might be a season, might be, you know, the the smell of the air starts to change and you notice your mood dips and you can't really pinpoint why until a few days later you realize, oh wow, it's been a year or it's been 10 years or it's been 20 years since that person passed or since that trauma occurred. For me, it's a season in October where when I was 12 and 13 years old, respectively, I had two major losses in my life. And every year, it's been 15, 16 years, every year, that week of October is brutally painful 
and it always takes me a minute and some years I've been prepared some years I'm going okay it's coming we know this time in October always gets ugly prepare yourself right and sometimes it it hits me and I'm like why am I crying on the way to work you know why am I sleeping 12 hours a night why oh it's October It's it's the end of October and we have some traumas right so when you think about anniversaries today I'm going to give you permission to feel so many of you have this expectation again this should statement of I should be over it it's been 15 16 years you know I'm at that age in my life now where I've lived longer without these people than I have you know than I had them in my life right because I was 12 and 13. I'm now pushing 30. So I've now lived more of my life without them than what I had them for. I should be over it. It shouldn't bother me the way it used to, right? But that expectation sets us up to fail. And we start bottling up our emotions because we, quote unquote, shouldn't feel this way. That's where we kind of come into vulnerability. Whatever that looks like for you, whether it's journaling, talking to a close confidant, seeking therapy, investing in a coaching program so you have a safe space, writing blogs, right? Podcasting, whatever it looks like for you. I need you to give yourself permission to feel. And that can't have boundaries on it that can't be okay I'm allowed to feel for 10 minutes while I'm journaling and then I have to move on and I'm allowed to cry but I'm not allowed to be angry we set up all these rules for ourselves and they're unrealistic you know one of the points was grief and expectations that other people have of me of how I'm supposed to grieve because that's the way that they do okay some people have a very realistic point of view and and outlook when it comes to grief and loss and externally it might look like wow they're doing great and they've moved on but maybe they believe in afterlife and reconnecting with this person and they're at peace knowing that person's not suffering anymore or that they've moved on to a better place and they truly feel content with that maybe that's the case right I don't I don't know what this submission um in particular you know but we have this expectation that talk about it or don't talk about it you have up until the funeral to be feeling a type of way then you need to move on Other people are always going to feel a type of way about how we need to move through this process based on their own experiences, right? When I lost someone, here's how I dealt with it. So you should be crying more. You should be angry or you should go to a therapist or you should do all these things. No, nobody gets to shit on you. Nobody gets to set an expectation for how you grieve and what that looks like. Some people can be incredibly angry. Some people numb out. Some people can't stop crying. There's no right or wrong way. And I say that and you hear it and you go, yeah, of course there's not. Yet you're trying to fit into a box 
when you're grieving. You're having expectations of yourself, let alone other people's. As always, I'm just going to challenge that we think about grief and loss and, and ask ourselves, what do I need this process to look like, right? Do, do I need time? Do I need to get back into a routine and structure? Do I need space? Do I need to talk about it? Do I need to not? Do I need to reflect, you know? ask yourself these questions. That's where the vulnerability comes from. There's so much vulnerability in just asking yourself simply, what do I need? And you're going to say, I don't know the answer to that. Because you've quieted that part of your voice that that internally tells you, okay, it's there. But with drugs, alcohol, Netflix binges, social media, over-exercising, overeating, under-eating, under-exercising, all these things that we do to numb ourselves out. And that voice has been quieted. You don't trust yourself to know what you need. But that voice still exists within you. It's about making space for it to say, I'm listening. What do we need? And initially, you know, once the other submissions were about moving on, letting go. I can't help but come at your life for a second because you put this pressure on yourself to quote unquote, let it go. When something major has shook your entire life. And you're like, well, Jacqueline, I get that, right? We need time, but it's been 10 years. It's been 15 years and I'm, I, I still can't let it go. Okay. So what you're trying isn't working. That's what I'm hearing. You've had years of trying to let it go and it's not working for you. So why are you still trying that? Well, because I don't want to feel like this anymore. I've been grieving the same thing for years and years and years. What would happen if instead of trying to let it go, you sat with it? You felt the pain, the discomfort, the anger, the sadness, the hurt. Again, quieting that inner voice that tells you what you need is causing you more harm than good. In the moment, it feels good because you don't have to think about it. I'll eat another pint of ice cream and that'll temporarily bring me a sense of joy. I'll smoke another blunt because it has this nice numbing effect. I'll drink another bottle of wine because then I can fall asleep without having to think about it. You've found ways to adapt to the pain and the hurt. I'm asking you to stop and look at it and make space for it. Vulnerability comes with being able to explore those feelings, knowing that as big as they are, I'm safe. I'm safe. The overwhelming anger, the sadness, the crying, the the pain... I'm, I'm safe to sit with it. That is vulnerability. And if you struggle with that, 
it's just like any other muscle. You have to flex it. You have to practice, right? Give set a timer on your phone for two minutes, then five minutes, then 10 minutes, then a half an hour. And when, until that timer goes off, you are sitting there making space for your feelings, making space to think about the loss and the pain and the hurt. We've forgotten how to do that. And it's one of the most basic skills that we all need to remember how to do, but we have to practice it. Oh man, let me look at my list here. One of the things that stuck out to me when I asked this question, somebody mentioned they're constantly reliving memories of the loss and 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 memories with that person in their life. And they said, I should be happy. I have them. And that feels like it's straight off of a Facebook thread. Okay, let me explain. When someone loses someone, someone is particularly close to them, and, you know, maybe they post about it on Facebook. What's the first thing people say? Oh, no, I'm so sorry for your loss, thinking of you, right? The second thing people say is hold the memories close. Cherish the memory. You'll always have your memories. No one can take away the memories. It puts this great pressure on us to be like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, No, I'm grateful that I have had all this time with this person. Yeah, I should just be grateful, right? It's basically a polite way of telling people to shove it, like shove your feelings and be grateful that you had the time that you got. It's society's way of subduing our emotions that make other people uncomfortable, right? Ooh, you're crying or you're angry or you're grieving and you're upset and I, we go into fix-it mode, right? We don't like to see that. I don't want to see you having these emotions, so I need to stop it. So I'm going to tell you to be grateful. I'm going to tell you they're no longer suffering or they're no longer in pain. They've moved on to a better place. That's people's way of saying shove it I'm going to say these kind words to you and then we're moving on whatever you need to do behind the scenes that's fine but don't you bring it onto Facebook again don't you talk about it and you know I've seen a shift in this I've seen people allowing space to talk about things and and challenge those old you know comments that people make after loss But we have to internally make the difference. You don't have to be you anyway. You don't have to be grateful for the memories. You can be so pissed off at the entire world that your person was taken too soon. Right? Challenge these inner narratives, these expectations that society puts on us around our grief and loss. I want to kind of wrap up with two things. And I've talked a lot about this on the podcast, but I want to address it again because I think it's an important message to reiterate. Life now versus what I thought. Okay. I have some of my best friends reaching incredible milestones in their lives this year. 
And it's been in relation to having babies, bringing little ones into the world during a pandemic, during a time when they thought things were going to look very different and they're not. Not, have, not being able to have your family and friends visit you in the hospital and ooh and ah over your baby, right? In some cases, significant others haven't even been allowed to be there with them. And we can take this and, and, and broaden it even more than a milestone of having a child. What about building a house? What about renovating your house like we are now? We've, we anticipated we'd have a lot more help. <laughs> and we've been blessed with what we have had. Um, but it would have been nice to have friends and family over more often than we've been able to. What about your first year of college? Your last year of high school? You know, proms and, and dances and all-night grad parties or... Your freshman year of college, you're now, you know, living at home. You're supposed to have a dorm and experiences. Instead, you're stuck in your parents' basement, right? <laughs> Whatever it may be. You're starting your new job, but you have, haven't left your house in six months because you work from your couch when you were hoping to be in an office full of people learning and, and receiving guidance from them. Whatever milestone it may be, You had expectations and ideas of what it was going to look like. And pandemic or not, sometimes those expectations just aren't met. You deserve to grieve that. You deserve to sit with that and go, this isn't what I expected and I'm, I'm upset about it. I'm pissed, I'm hurt, I'm annoyed, whatever. You know, fill in the blank with how you're feeling. You get to feel those feelings and they are valid. One thing I want to mention here is that people who aren't living through your circumstances cannot possibly understand exactly what you're going through. Now, empathy exists, right? This ability to look at someone and, you know, imagine and, and feel for them. But at the end of the day, we can feel for you, right? I'm the most empathic person I've ever met in my life. Like everything hits me hard and I feel it. But at the end of the day, after our conversation or after, you know, I've witnessed this feeling, I get to move on. I don't have to continue living in it. You're in those circumstances 24-7. So even if people are like, oh yeah, that must suck. And then they say, but, but you're doing a great job or, but it could be worse. You don't have to accept that. You don't have to say, yeah, you're right. I should be grateful. You're allowed to go absolutely could be worse. And I'm struggling with the circumstance I'm in. I'm grieving this circumstance. You don't have to invalidate and minimize your experience. Okay? I'm seeing that all over the internet lately. Yeah, 2020 has been hard, but other people have it worse. 
Of course, other people have it worse. Someone will always have it worse than you. We can acknowledge that. Most of us are listening to this podcast from the United States and Australia and Canada and the UK. Okay, that's where most of the audience is based. There are third world countries who have never had running water that is clean, who have never had power, electricity, who have never had a vehicle, who have never had access to healthcare, who have never seen a doctor in their life, right? And not because by their religion or their beliefs they chose that, but because they have no access to those things, okay? Are you convinced yet? Someone will always have it worse. But it's not a competition. That's not a reason for me to just be abundantly grateful when I still have struggles, I didn't ask to be born into the situation that I'm in. And I'm grateful, and I've talked about it, my white privilege, right? And I can have privilege and still have struggles. Okay, so we need to stop this. It could be worse because it's so invalidating. I want to touch on grief and body pain lastly and I'm closing my notebook and I know I didn't get to everyone's points but I still hope this has been helpful I mentioned that book the body keeps the score your body physically manifests your emotions in one way or another it's the same reason why you're nervous to give a speech and you get butterflies in your stomach your body is manifesting those nerves Right? Stress hormones are being pumped through your body and making you a little nauseous. Grief is the same way. Sometimes it's a deep ache, longing for this person. Right? <clears throat> sometimes it's tension. Sometimes it's headaches, muscle pain, whatever it might be. But your body holds on to your emotions and they are manifested within you physically. Now... Just as a quick problem solver, movement is extremely helpful with body pain related to your emotional state. Yoga, dance, lifting heavy weights, running, right? Whatever it might be, allowing space to exist in your body and move those emotions through is a game changer. So I hope that that's helpful. You're not crazy. You are physically experiencing your emotions in your body. It's very real. And when you tune into it and you start paying attention, you're going to realize just how true that is for all of us. Again, we're just masters of numbing and avoiding and distracting. So we've learned how to stop paying attention to those things and those cues. I hope this has been helpful hope if nothing else you heard some of the points that I made today and you were reminded that you're not alone this has got to be the longest episode I've done to date and I know I've received messages both directions going oh, your episodes are too short and people leaving bad reviews because of it um, to people going, 
I love the short episodes because my attention span isn't very long and then I can binge listen to eight of them on different topics in one sitting, right? Whatever your stance is, this episode deserved our time and attention today. I hope it resonates with you. I hope you're taking what I'm saying and as always, not just listening to it in this time we have together, but taking it out and actually applying it to your life challenging the way you think and react and behave and your feelings challenging yourself to be more vulnerable to rewrite the narrative of what it's supposed to look like and creating space to sit with your feelings i'm really proud of you guys for submitting all of your responses so that i could speak on this it's humbling to have this space and be able to offer my experiences, my wisdom as a therapist and someone who's maybe only three steps ahead of you, but is fighting right here with you. I'm grateful for you every single day. I'm grateful for this platform. And I am thinking of all of you, every single one of you, whether you submit something or not, when you scrolled by that prompt, encouraging you to share your struggle around grief and loss, I hope it made you think. I hope for just even an instant, you started to give yourself permission to feel however you're feeling. Your feelings are valid and they are safe in this space. I can't wait to see you guys in the next episode.